On Tuesday, CNN ORC released a new poll that could be a game changer for Donald Trump if the poll isn't an outlier. It shows Trump up 45% to 43% over Hillary. Now, obviously, if that holds up, he'd be winning. But there's something even more significant in this poll than prior polls showing him up slightly over Hillary. It shows him breaking what appears to be this 41% ceiling I talk about a lot. Trump hadn't broken 41% since one Monmouth poll in July. In that one, he was losing 45 to 43. Before that, since May, Trump's biggest problem in this election cycle has been his total inability to translate Hillary's wild unpopularity into his own popularity. He's been stuck in the polls. Every time the polls narrow, it's only because Hillary has been unable to boost her favorability rating. She'll drop from like 47 to 41. If Trump is truly stuck below 42, he can't win the election. He and Hillary will be splitting about 90% of the vote. Assume the other 10% goes to Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, meaning that if he's stuck at 42, she beats him 48 to 42. But if he's moving above 42%, the race is an entirely new ballgame. There's more stunning information in this poll, too. Trump's favorability ratings are higher than Clinton's. 45 to 42. Fully 16% of Americans label immigration their top concern in the election. About 20% say the economy. Trump is leading on the economy, slightly behind on immigration. Trump is beating Hillary on the economy, 56 to 41. He's seen as more trustworthy by 50% of the public. Only 35% think Hillary is trustworthy. He's seen as more strong and decisive than she is by a margin of 50 to 42. The male gender gap is worse for Hillary, 52 to 32 for, for Trump. Then the female gender gap is good for her, 52 to 38 for her, Trump's defeating Hillary among independents by 20%. These are terrible, terrible numbers for Hillary Clinton. Now, it's worth noting here a couple of things about this poll. The Republicans have a plus four sample, and that is not really reflective of the voting base usually in presidential elections. Plus, there's a big difference between registered voters and likely voters in this particular poll. When there's a big swing like that, it usually means the poll's an outlier. But it is possible that new Trump is seeing movement because new Trump is better than old Trump. New Trump's on the teleprompter. He's demonstrating he's not a national security risk by traveling to Mexico and acting like a normal human. He's attempting to moderate his stance on immigration. Meanwhile, Hillary is floundering in her own corruption, which means that Trump may be convincing Americans he's a plausible alternative to Hillary. If that happens, if she's unable to cast him as completely unacceptable under any circumstances, President Trump could actually become a reality. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. So as you can see, I'm going to be guzzling water this entire show because like Hillary Clinton, I'm dying of the black lung. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to say hello to one of our great sponsors, FrameBridge. FrameBridge.com is the place to go if you need frames. Now, for me, you know, I spend tons and tons and tons of money on frames. I've got all sorts of memorabilia. I've got all sorts of autographs. I've got posters. And they're really expensive. If you've ever had to, had to frame something big, this stuff can cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Well, what's great about FrameBridge is you go on their site, and they take a look at, you take a look at their various options. You can pick your frame online. And then you send them your pictures. And they take great care of your pictures. They don't actually, they're not going to ruin them. They, they create a guarantee for you. They're not going to ruin anything that you send to them. And their pricing is really straightforward. It's, it's Instagram photos for $39, a small photo for $59, a standard movie poster is $139, which sounds expensive until you realize that's a customized movie poster frame for $139, which is way less than it would be. I framed something like a newspaper, a newspaper cover maybe a year and a half ago, it cost me $300 to frame it. So this costs you about half. FrameBridge is fantastic. Go to FrameBridge.com, and uh, you pick out the frame you want, and they have designers who can also help you choose the frame. 
and you can upload your pictures directly to them or send a physical picture for them to frame. Right now, if you go to framebridge.com and use the promo code BEN, you'll save an additional 15% off your first order. So make sure, framebridge.com, remember the promo code BEN. That lets them know that that you're coming because you listen to the show, and that allows them to continue advertising with us and keep all of our otherwise unemployable minions uh, in a job. So framebridge.com, and that's promo code Ben, 15% off the first order. Okay, so tons to get to today. Lots to get to today here on the Ben Shapiro Show. So we'll start off with the fact that Hillary, the, the big story of the weekend, was not Hillary having her coughing fits. We'll get to Hillary and her coughing fits in just a minute. The big story of the weekend happened on Friday. There's a big Friday news dump. And this Friday news dump was the FBI handing out these documents about why it didn't indict Hillary Clinton. When you read the documents, one thing is clear. There is no way in living hell Hillary Clinton should not have been indicted. One of two things is true from these documents. One, Hillary's the most incompetent person ever, like ever. She makes, you know, she, she makes historic incompetence like the Emperor Nero look like just the most competent people in the world. She's super incompetent or she's a full-scale criminal. Here's what it said in this report. Here are 11 things it said in this report. First, you remember Hillary promised the reason she set up the private server is because she only wanted to use one BlackBerry and one email account. Well, we knew that she had at least two email accounts, she had at least two phone numbers, and she had at least 13 Blackberries, at least 13 mobile devices. Right? So she didn't set it up just to use one BlackBerry. And then when she was done with her BlackBerry, she didn't preserve them so that the documents would be available from the SIM card. Instead, she had her aides actually take them out and use a hammer to break them, right? like office, the office space style. Like they, like they took them out into a field somewhere with a jackhammer, and they played rap music as Hillary went out there with her, with her walker, took the tennis balls off the ends of it, and just beat the, beat the phones to death. Okay, also, Hillary told the FBI she had no clue how classified intelligence works. So remember, she's the most qualified woman in the history of the world, right? She knows everything. She's super qualified. She's super professional. She had no clue how classification worked. According to the FBI, quote, Clinton could not give an example of how classification of a document was determined. She did not recall receiving any email she thought should not be on an unclassified system. There's an email in there about a Pakistani drone attack. Okay, you and I know that that's classified stuff. But she said that didn't give her any cause for concern over classification. She had almost 18,000 work-related emails from the State Department. You remember, she said, I handed over all my work-related emails to the State Department. She deleted 30,000 of those. 18,000 of those were work-related that she had not handed over. Okay, she also wiped her email again after the New York Times reported the private server. So she handed over her stuff to the State Department. She wiped it. The New York Times reports she has a private server. And this was from the FBI report, okay? One person interviewed, the person who worked on her server, said, quote, he indicated he believed he had an oh bleep moment. Oh bleep being oh horse poop moment. And sometimes between March 25th and 31st, 2015, deleted the Clinton archive mailbox. So he realized that it could go public. He deleted everything. No, it's not a cover-up. Not a cover-up. My favorite thing about this report, Hillary said she didn't think that a C on the emails, if it was marked with a C, she said she didn't realize that meant confidential. She didn't know what that meant. Know, what did she think it meant? She think it meant cheese? What did she think, what did she think she, the C was for? I mean, it's unbelievable, right? She said that she thought that it was, it was at the beginning of paragraphs and it was referencing paragraphs marked in alphabetical order. This is why she also takes three-year-old children to R-rated movies because she thinks they stand for refreshing. Right? She also brought her BlackBerry into a secure State Department area. So they say you're not supposed to bring your BlackBerry in here because we have all sorts of secure information in here. Didn't matter. She brought it in anyway. There were 81 classified email chains containing eight email chains classified top secret in these emails. But remember, none of it was classified. Hillary also apparently put Americans at risk. According to Catherine Herridge of Fox News, 
She discussed an undercover asset on her email server and outed him after he was dead, which, of course, exposed his family to risk. And then she told her lawyers to destroy everything, but she didn't participate in developing the specific process by which things were destroyed. Yeah, sure. And finally, she attempted to avoid scrutiny. So when she broke one of her Blackberries, for example, the State Department said, you know what? We'll give you a new Blackberry. And she found out that that new Blackberry would require all of that material to be discoverable. Right, all that, and so she said, "Nah, I'm not going to take the State Department BlackBerry. I don't need the State Department BlackBerry." Right, so all this is what the FBI says. So James Comey comes out and he says she didn't have intent. If she didn't have intent, she's the stupidest woman on the face of the earth. I mean, if she didn't have intent, she fell off the stupid tree and she had every branch on the way down. If she didn't have intent, she was dropped on a pile of bricks as a baby, straight on her head. I mean, so either she's unbelievably stupid and unqualified, or she had intent. Right, so Comey took the fall. Well, Hillary is totally dishonest, and the polls are showing it, right? And because the polls are showing it, she's got trouble. So Hillary decides it's finally time to take questions from the press. So here's Hillary taking questions from the press. I am so happy to have all of you with me. Have you missed I've been just waiting for this moment. <laughs> and I'm thr- No, really, and I'll, and I'll come back, talk to you more formally, but I wanted to welcome you on to the plane. How was your Labor Day weekend? It was good. It was really good. Yeah, we had a... A good time. The last moment of... Hello, Mark. How are you? <laughs> I recognize your hat. How are you? I'm glad you're here. Yeah, last moment before the mad dash, the next two months. So I hope you guys are ready. And uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, crazy old lady addresses her sycophants. So I love the fact that she walks out and says, this is what I've been waiting for. Who was stopping you? I mean, it's been a year since you did a press conference. Who was stopping you? I mean, did they let you out of your cage? Like, what happened? Suddenly she said, I've been waiting for this for years. Well, you, you could have done it, like, a long time ago, but you didn't. So, and I love the first two questions from the press, right? How was your weekend? Ooh, hard-hitting stuff from the press. The press really hitting her hard. So they wait for a year for a press conference. She finally shows up, and the first two questions are, how are you feeling, and how was your weekend? Okay, like, I asked that to my wife after she had long call as a, as a doctor. I asked that to my friends at the office. I don't ask that to the presidential candidate who hasn't shown her face, right? She's like, she's like the Wizard of Oz hiding behind this manufactured picture of her. And they finally pull back the curtain, right? Imagine Dorothy goes to see the Wizard of Oz. They finally pull back the curtain. And instead of saying, oh, my God, you're there and you're not the, you're not the great and powerful Oz, imagine if she just said, how are you doing? How was your Labor Day weekend? <laughs> That's basically what happened here. They reveal the Wicked Witch of the West. And the first question isn't, why do you fly around on a broom and write Surrender Dorothy in the sky? The first question is, how was your Labor Day weekend? All right. And so the press are totally in the tank for her. And one of the reasons that so many people are rallying behind Trump is because no matter what, the press just appear to be in the tank. So Jake Tapper, who is one of the better reporters on CNN, which is not saying a lot. Jake Tapper, he has on Rudy Giuliani. And watch him press Rudy Giuliani on something that is at least five years old. Donald Trump talking about this as recently as February of last year at CPAC saying that he thinks the birth certificate is false. Should he just apologize for this to, to let if he really wants to reach out to minority voters? Uh, you know, if everybody apologized for all the things they said in politics, all we'd be doing on television shows is apologizing. Let's, let's get down to the basic issue here. Uh, for years, uh, people say Republicans don't reach out to the African-American community. Well, he reached out to the African-American community. 
Okay, well, Giuliani, first of all, should Trump have backed off the birther stuff a long time? Sure, but why are we talking about it now? I love that Jake Tapper's like, as recently as 18 months ago, he was saying something. As recent, Okay, 18 months ago, my baby was not even conceived yet. Okay, 18 months ago is a long time ago. That's the, it's, it's really ridiculous. I mean, the media asking about birtherism in the middle of the election cycle now— Talk about old news. It's amazing. There's a, for Hillary Clinton, everything is old news. Everything is old news, mainly because she's old. But everything is old news. With Donald Trump, nothing is old news. With the Republican, it's never old news. With Mitt Romney, you could cut a kid's hair in 1957, and it wasn't old news. Donald Trump says something 18 months ago. It's not old news. Hillary Clinton, on Friday, it turns out that she basically should have been indicted. Old news, old news. And watch Gloria Borger, right? Gloria Borger goes after Ivanka Trump. She asks, Ivanka Trump, is your dad a sexist? And so if I ask you the question flat out, is he a sexist? He's absolutely not a sexist. There's no way I could be the person I am today if my father was a sexist. I would not be one of his senior most executives, and I would not be working shoulder to shoulder with my brothers. I would be working for my brothers, if at all. <laughs> so, you know, I think actions ultimately speak louder than words. My father has 40 years of history of employing women. Okay, so I'm not going to pay attention to her answer here because I have my own issues with the answer. But here's the point. When was the last time you saw Chelsea Clinton on TV being asked if her dad, who rapes women, is a sexist? Ever? Has that ever happened? Has Chelsea Clinton ever been on TV and somebody just said, hey, your dad rapes people. Is he a sexist? <laughs> right? Your mom covers up for the rape. Is she a sexist? Right? You never heard that, ever. It's never going to happen. The media are so all in for Hillary. And that's what makes that poll that I was talking about at the top so amazing, is, is Trump competitive with the media all in for Hillary Clinton this way. Watch this one. Here's a black Trump supporter. His name is Pastor Mark Burns. And, uh, and CNN goes directly after him, right? Did you, I'm off did the you make that claim that you I'm graduated from North Because Greenville I think University. this is not fair that you, you... This is not fair at all. This is not what I agreed to. I thought we were doing... A profile, and all of a sudden you're here to I'm, try to destroy my I'm not, character. I'm not coming not here to destroy case. your character. These are claims that were made on your website that was live while you were speaking at the Republican National Convention. My question is, are those claims accurate? I understand this is what media does. Okay, so they go after Mark Burns because he's a black guy who, who doesn't have the who doesn't have the backing of the media. He's backing Donald Trump. Notice. Again, I'm not saying everything Mark Burns has done is right or that he wasn't lying about his resume. All I'm saying is there's a guy named Sean King who's a legitimate white guy who is the black columnist for the New York Daily News. When's the last time you saw him on national TV and them asking him about, by the way, you're a white guy? Has that ever happened, ever? So the, the media are all in for Hillary Clinton. And, and Hillary, they're, they're throwing Hillary softball after softball. Now they're asking Hillary about Monica Lewinsky. So in order to gin up in, in order to gin up some sort of sympathy for Hillary Clinton, you get Hillary Clinton you know, being asked about Monica Lewinsky. Her it, it is ironic that Hillary Clinton's finest hour in American politics was the American public feeling bad for her because some other woman was giving her husband pleasureful entertainment in the Oval Office. Here's Hillary now playing the victim again. again she could have divorced him years ago, right? Whom is divorcing Anthony Weiner? But Hillary gets to play victim over Lewinsky again on CNN. What was it to go through something so private, so personal, under the glare of the spotlight as the first lady. It was really hard. It was painful. And I was so supported by my friends. My friends just rallied around. They would come. Uh, they would try to make me laugh. They would uh, recommend books to read. We'd go for long walks. Uh, we'd hang out, uh, you know, eat bad food. I mean, just the kinds of yeah, things you yeah, do with yeah, your yeah. friends. Uh, and it, it was something that 
you just had to uh, get up every day and and try to deal with look how they're rehabilitating while still carrying her. on a public okay, we can stop it look, look how they're rehabilitating her here right she's a victim again we're going back to 1998 first of all she'd known for years and years her husband was a lout and a cheater and a rapist she knew all this stuff for years and there she is they're going to play her as the victim again right she starts to lose the first thing they do is they start playing the old you should have sympathy for hillary because her husband's a dog routine that would be all fine and good except that she stuck with him even though he was a dog and she rode him to power, even though he was a dog. And she defended him and covered for him and threatened people, even though he was a dog. You never see the media ask her those questions. Now, the American people are smarter than this. They can see through this. Now, I don't tend to give the American people a lot of credit on a lot of issues. But on this one, they can see through Hillary Clinton. They understand enough to know that Hillary Clinton is deeply, deeply corrupt. And so the defenses that are now being presented by the people on her side of the aisle are weak as water. I mean, these are not even weak tea. These are just water. Here's Tim Kaine, her vice presidential candidate, who looks more and more befuddled every day. I mean, Mike Pence looks befuddled on the other side. I think the battle of the befuddlement between Tim Kaine and Mike Pence is going to be something to behold in those vice presidential debates. They're just going to stand, stare at each other quizzically the entire time, looking like they just got lost, like their Uber driver dropped them off in the wrong location. Here's Tim Kaine pushing, saying that, that Hillary Clinton, uh, she, no, nobody should blame her for not holding a press conference. You argue that she's talked to the press on the campaign trail, but our campaign reporters yeah. and others say she doesn't really answer that many questions. Is this going to change? Martha, she's had hundreds of interviews in the last year, and I got to push back on the notion that she hasn't done a press conference. She gave a speech to the National Association in the last month, where there were also journalists, Hispanic journalists there, and she did a press conference there. And members of mainstream media outlets, television networks, asked her questions during that press conference. We're about to switch into a phase of the campaign where uh, we will be on planes and the press will be on the planes with us, which is something that Donald Trump does not allow. We are not banning press outlets from covering public events. They literally, so, they, okay, well, they, they literally rope off press at her events. They literally have pictures of, like, the press being roped off behind an actual rope, like a herd of cattle. And they actually have a sheepdog that they've, la that they've laid out there to go and round up the press. Every time the press get out of their confined area, they have a sheepdog that runs around like Lassie and just collects all of the members of the press for them. And here he is saying, no, 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 Hillary's fully transparent. Well, we'll tell you more about that. But first, got to say hello to our friends at U.S. Tax Shield. So let's say that you have a problem with the IRS. If you're a conservative, Solid shot, you have a problem with the IRS. But even if you're not, let's say that you've gotten hocked to the IRS because it's difficult to do those tax forms or you just didn't make a payment, and now you owe some back taxes, you need to talk to my friends over at U.S. Tax Shield. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they specialize in helping people who have fallen behind on taxes, people with personal tax liabilities and business payroll taxes, fees and penalties. You call them for a free consultation, and they get a senior tax consultant who will call the IRS hotline with you so that you can find out exactly what your liabilities are. And then they walk you through the process. They give you a guaranteed quote, and the quote does not increase. You can do this whole process with them on the phone. It's fully transparent. It's fully honest. They also have something called the Fresh Start Program that helps you come clean with the IRS and settle your debts in a short period of time for less than you probably would if you didn't have these people working for you. So you need to give them a call for a free consultation, 800-542-2226. That's 800-542-2226. You can visit them at ustaxshield.com com slash Ben. Make sure it's ustaxshield.com slash Ben. Make sure you use slash Ben so they know that we sent you. Uh, they advertise with us, which means we're grateful for their advertising. That also lets them know that because we sent you, that they should continue advertising. And as we say, keeping our unemployable minion juvenile delinquents 
employed throughout the the progress of the Ben Shapiro show. Okay, well, unfortunately, that runs out of time on Facebook Live as well as YouTube. Go to Daily Wire if you want to watch the rest. Also, if you want to subscribe, and and $8 a month gets you the ability to be part of the mailbag, which we do in a couple of days here. And uh, by the way, don't worry. I know Tuesdays are usually deconstructing the culture day. We'll do that tomorrow. But dailywire.com for the rest of the show live, or YouTube and iTunes uh, and SoundCloud for for the rest of the show audio. Uh, You can download that for free a little bit later in the day. Appreciate it. We'll obviously continue the show momentarily. I'm Ben Shapiro, and this is The Ben Shapiro Show. Okay, so everybody's on the Hillary defense now. So Joe Biden, too, is on Hillary defense. Joe Biden has a gift. He's sort of the precise opposite of Ted Cruz. So Ted Cruz is the most honest person I know who looks totally 100% dishonest. Joe Biden is the most dishonest person I know who looks honest. He has a gift for looking honest. So here's Joe Biden using that gift to look honest, trying to convince people that Hillary, too, is honest, while Tim Kaine stands by looking befuddled. Tim Kaine. People have this suspicion about her, though. She's been in public life so long. Is it that she hasn't opened up, or is it because of some of her own doing? I have a bad habit of saying what I believe and sometimes saying all that I mean here. Uh, The truth is, Hillary uh, knows it's a problem, and she's trying to figure out how to remedy it. And my advice to her, the best way to remedy it is talk about what you care about and talk about it with some passion, and people will see through it. And uh, um, But this is going to be... And you know it better than I do, Jeff. You covered much. This could be the most negative campaign in the history of modern politics, I think. And so it's, my question is, is anybody going to be able to break through um, uh, what is just, uh, you know, sort of a notion of pox on both your houses? And that's okay. why you hear- I love the fact that Joe Biden can't even defend her. Right? He starts just giving her advice about being honest from a guy who, by the way, is a plagiarist so bad that he had to dump out of the 1988 presidential campaign because he's an actual plagiarist. Bernie Sanders does the same thing. Talk about damning with, with faint praise or damning with, with terrible defense. Bernie Sanders says that Hillary, you know, she's honest. I know she's honest. Also, she should stop using the Clinton Foundation as a pass-through. Well, I would certainly suggest that as, as president of the United States, uh, she should cease all operations, all, all contact. Uh, with the uh, Clinton Foundation, does that mean shutting it down or just not being involved? Can you can you truly well, sir, have it? She should, you know, at the very least, she should not be involved. At the very least. And would you feel more comfortable if it just didn't exist during her, her time as president? I, I don't know enough. They are they are they do a lot of good things with AIDS and so forth. So I can't you know definitively answer that, but I think. Chuck, what we have got to do as a nation is have a very serious debate on the enormous crises facing this country. That is where our focus has got to be. (laughs) I love that he basically spells out that Hillary is totally honest. She is totally, totally honest, except for all the things she has done. All of those things, she has not been honest. But all of the other things, she has been honest. I won't tell you which things are which things and whose things are whose things, but... I'm confused, and I just want to go down and lie and have a nap and eat some jello pudding. And when I wake up, I will walk around the neighborhood very, very slowly while singing to myself, this land is your land, this land is my land. Bernie Sanders. Okay, so meanwhile, Hillary Clinton still on the campaign trail. So the, the big news, I think, over the weekend should have been Hillary's FBI report. Instead, the big news over the weekend is that Hillary Clinton looks like death. 
I mean, Hillary Clinton out on the campaign trail. She looks like a member of The Walking Dead, but not like The Walking Dead after, you know, a year where they've been out in the forest for a while and the animals got to them and they're moldering and all this kind of stuff. More like The Walking Dead, like right after they die. And so they're kind of like crawling around still. So they look like slightly alive. That's that's sort of the Hillary Clinton stage of Walking Dead makeup that she's in. So Hillary is speaking, I think it's in Ohio, and, uh, and she starts off speaking. Now, I can speak to this, okay? Because I have a cough today. I have a really bad throat. You can hear it. My voice is at a lower timber, uh, which makes me sound significantly more masculine. Ladies, hold your fan mail. But I've got the, uh, you know, I've got the, uh, I've got the low voice today because I stayed up, as I mentioned, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night with my baby. So it's been a long, long Labor Day weekend. So, you know, so I've got, I've got a cough. I'm, I'm kind of hacking up along here, um, but I can hold it together. And if I couldn't hold it together, I wouldn't do the show, or I would pop a bunch of lozenges uh, and have some tea. But I'm swigging water. I mean, look, I'm coughing. I understand. And I've had situations, speaking publicly, where I cough. Hillary coughs a lot. She coughs a lot. Now, everybody's making a big deal out of this. Does she have walking pneumonia? Does she have the black lung pop? Nobody really knows. But here's what it looked like when Hillary gets up there. Remember, she's campaigning on, I'm healthy, everything's great, it's all going to be solid. Here's Hillary Clinton. (coughs) Boy. We have 63 days to go. Oh, my goodness. <coughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, see, there's the water. See, I also drink the water. Listening to Hillary Clinton here about to begin her remarks in Cleveland. <coughs> well... Up oh, there goes Thank lozenge. <coughs> oh my goodness. Whoa. <clears throat> okay, continued like this for four minutes. Four solid minutes until she finally coughed up a half aborted fetus. Uh, and it just lay there kind of wobbling on the on the podium. But in any case, she's coughing and coughing. And uh, and everybody's going nuts over this. Matt Drudge makes it his lead, and it wasn't her only coughing fit of the day. Here's Hillary Clinton on the plane. She's also coughing. You know, made it clear that um, he doesn't particularly care whether Putin and the intelligence services attack American institutions. So, get some water. (coughs) Can I get some water and it's a fibrillator, please? Oh my God. She looks like my grandmother there. I mean, she really, she looks like she's tottering there. I mean, it's really bad. So, so there, there's only, there, there are a few reasons why this is worth noting and a few reasons why it's not worth noting. First of all, we don't have any evidence she's actually dying, but we also don't have any evidence that she's not dying, meaning that we have this letter from her, her doctor that says that she's not dying. We also have a letter from Donald Trump's doctor saying he's the healthiest man who ever lived. So letters from doctors don't mean a lot to me. And Donald Trump, Donald Trump obviously is not the healthiest man who ever lived. That orange hue alone is sort of a giveaway. But the, she's got the doctor's letter. We don't have any evidence she's dying. But because she's so dishonest, when she says, I just have these, it's just allergies. Like she actually went ahead and she said in that first clip, she goes, she says, I'm just allergic to Donald Trump, right? That's her excuse. Or the pollen is out today. Okay, it's allergies. Except that we have tape of her coughing incessantly this entire campaign. Now, I don't know that she, she has you know, tuberculosis. I don't think she's like Doc Holliday and she's going to end up in a sanatorium where she, where she finally dies while holding Kurt Russell's hand and telling him to go be with the woman he loves. But I think that 
Hillary Clinton obviously is, is not totally well, and she won't release her complete medical record, so we don't know how unwell she is. And she doesn't get to play the, you don't talk about my health card, after she played the, I get to talk about my health card. So the reason, she did this back in, in, uh, in when, when she had her interview with the FBI. So here's from those FBI documents I was talking about earlier. Okay, it says, according to the FBI, in December of 2012, Clinton suffered a concussion. This is what she told the FBI. And then around the new year, had a blood clot. Based on her doctor's advice, she could only work at state for a few hours a day and could not recall every briefing she received. So there are two ways to receive that. One is to, to understand that. One is she couldn't remember the briefings because of her concussion. The second was that she, re- she missed required meetings because of her con- concussion. Either way, she obviously had some pretty severe health issues. I mean, I've never had a health issue where after, you know, aside from having a bad flu or something, after I take a couple of days off, I can only work four hours a day. Like that's, it's not like her job requires her to lift heavy boxes, gang. Right? Her job requires her to sit on, the, on her rump and send classified emails via an unclassified private server. And those are job requirements. So she doesn't get to, to say, I get to talk about my health as an excuse for not being competent at my job, but you don't get to talk about my health as an excuse for me being incompetent at my job. So the fact that she's a pathological liar means that we sort of suspect there's something more going on. And when Trump says she doesn't have the stamina to deal with the world, you know, that's not in, in a completely arbitrary consideration. We have had presidents who actually lost the capacity to deal with the world. Woodrow Wilson, in his second term, basically he had a heart attack and there was a stroke and he was unable to function. His wife was basically president of the United States for the last two years of the Woodrow Wilson administration, really. And the same is, you know, we, we elected William Henry Harrison. 40 days later, he was dead. So we don't want to do that. Health is obviously a consideration. And again, the media pretending that no one should ask these questions is making people nuts. Because we feel like, okay, we get to ask, why don't you ask her the questions? You know, it's your job. You couldn't ask her anywhere in here. She's coughing right in front of you. It's a bunch of members of the press. No one's going to ask her about her complete medical records. Nobody. So again, I I think that there's one reason not to worry too much about the the medical stuff. One is because it's not going to win any votes. Nobody's going to say, Hillary's so ill, I'm voting for the 70-year-old fat guy on the other side. That's not, that's not a good argument. But it does underscore the fact that she's deeply dishonest. So when she says, I'm healthy, people think, well, if Hillary says she's healthy, that means she has stage three cancer instead of stage four cancer. That's, that's what Hillary's... That, I do have another theory here, and that's that Hillary is coughing so much because Ricola gave millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. So uh, it was a sponsorship opportunity. All right, in other news, Colin Kaepernick... Remember last week how I'm so I always preface these sorts of, of of statements with this with this preface. One, I'm always right. Okay, not not sometimes, not rarely, always. Right? It's a, that's only a slight exaggeration because a couple of times I have been wrong and I issue corrections when I'm wrong. But when it comes to political predictions, uh, well, there have been one. Trump is the nominee. But aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, when it comes to predicting the behavior of the left, apparently I'm worse at predicting the behavior of the right. When it comes to predicting the behavior of the left, I am stellar at it. And when I say I'm stellar at it, I mean, my God, I'm magnificent. So the reason I say that is because last week, if you recall, I said about Colin Kaepernick that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama basically support his agenda. Right? They basically support him. So naturally, over the weekend, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama came out and supported Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, for those who don't remember, is the mediocre, at best, San Francisco 49ers quarterback who's been kneeling during, during the national anthem at 49ers games. 
He's now been joined by uh, some female soccer player, I guess, Megan Rapino, 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 Rapinibudu. I don't know who she is. Uh, she's only known because she played women's soccer in the World Cup, in the female World Cup, which we pretend to pay attention to every four years, and then we don't care about it ever again. And the only name any man remembers is Brandy Chastain because she once took off her shirt. But that's women's soccer. They, they, all, they try to start a league after every female World Cup, and all the girls, oh, girls play soccer. And then nobody ever shows up to these games. In any case, Megan Rapinoe went down on one knee for the national anthem. She was famous for being a female soccer player and being a lesbian. And she's famous for being a lesbian because she kissed her partner after the World Cup game, and the media went nuts over it because, wow, two girls kissing. So special. So she, she kneels. I thought the best part of that story, by the way, is that if you look at the picture of her kneeling, you can see in the background the stands, completely empty. There are more people in this studio right now than were at that soccer game. By, by at least, how many people in this studio? By at least four. There were that, like, because I know she was there. So that's, that's, that's the only person I'm fairly certain was there. So she, in any case, Colin Kaepernick does this, uh, has been doing this routine where he, where he kneels for the national anthem because he hates the police and the police are racist or something. Uh, and it's funny because after calling the police racist, the police have been guarding him at all the games and preventing anybody from doing anything to him. And also, I assume that if somebody tries to break into his giant mansion, which is filled with literally a thousand pairs of shoes, the first people he will call will be the police. But... As I said, Colin Kaepernick is not a fringe character. He represents mainstream left thought, just more stupidly stated. Proof positive comes in the form of befuddled Tim Kaine. So here's befuddled Tim Kaine defending stupid Colin Kaepernick. You, you got to respect people's ability to act according to their conscience. I mean, I, I'd do it differently. I think if you really thought about issues uh, and about this country, you'd do it differently. And when I heard him explain his rationale, it didn't really make that much sense to me. But you got to respect people's ability to act according to their conscience. So I wouldn't presume to tell them what to do. Okay, so first of all, this line is such a lie. You have to respect people's ability to act according to their conscience. Okay, how about the Christian baker who doesn't want to participate in the same-sex wedding? Do you respect their ability to act according to their conscience? Of course not. When he says, I respect his ability to act according to his conscience, what he really means is, I agree with his entire critique of the police. The police are a bunch of racists. America's a racist place. It's exactly what I said last week. The left agrees with Colin Kaepernick. And then Obama does the same routine. Here's President Obama doing that routine. I think he's in, uh, is he in China at this point? I think he's in China. And here, and here is, here is the, the pre, or is he in the Philippines at this point, maybe? No, he's in China. He's in China. Okay, so he's in China. I should know from the flag. But here, here's the president. He's exercising his constitutional right to make a statement. I think there's a long history of sports figures doing so. One second. Okay, so first, I'm going to break this one down because there's a lot to this. First, he says, same thing as Cain. He's exercising his constitutional right. Nobody doubted he had a constitutional right. We just don't know that he has two brain cells to rub together. Lots of people exercise their constitutional rights. Presumably, Obama doesn't care about them. He jailed a YouTube filmmaker who was not responsible for Benghazi. He jailed Dinesh D'Souza, who he nailed on some minor electioneering charge. And this is a president who didn't care about the First Amendment. Come on. Come on. This is a president who went to the U.N., and said the future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of Islam. And this is a guy who says they're exercising their constitutional right. Funny, I don't remember him doing this routine with people with whom he disagrees. Yeah, let's continue. Um, I think there are a lot of ways you can do it. Uh, as, as a general matter, uh, when it comes to the flag and the national anthem and uh, the meaning that that holds for our men and women in uniform and, and, and those who fought for us, um, you know, that is 
uh, a tough thing for them to get past to then hear uh, what his deeper concerns are. But I'll I for one second. Okay, I want to point out something else. Notice who he says the flag matters to. Veterans, people who have served. How about the rest of us? There are only 2 million people in the U.S. Armed Services right now. There are 330 million people living in the United States. What about the rest of us? Does he think it bothers us when people are, are, are disrespectful to the national anthem or the flag? It's amazing. Obama is such a lefty. He thinks the only people who care about the flag are members of the military. That's really what he thinks. That's what he's saying right there. Because he doesn't care about the flag. I mean, the fact is that if President Obama were not president, if he were just a community organizer, an old school community organizer, he would be praising Colin Kaepernick wholesale and he would be kneeling during the national anthem. That's the reality. Let me hear him finish up. Doubt his sincerity based on what I've heard. I think he cares about uh, some real, legitimate issues that have to be talked about. Um, and If nothing else, what he's done is he's generated uh, you know, more conversation around some topics that need to be talked about. Okay, so this is the left's favorite routine. This is the left's favorite routine. When they say things like, it's generated more conversation, it's open to conversation, this is their way of saying, I know it's politically unpalatable for me to talk about this, but I like it. I like it because it opened a conversation. Well, I mean, dude, I can open a conversation on anything. Watch, incest, talk. The conversation has been opened. Was that great? Or was that kind of weird? Kind of weird, right? Well, it's kind of weird when Colin Kaepernick decides to wear pig cop socks. It doesn't open a conversation. It's him being a douche. So, but the president doesn't think that. He agrees with Colin Kaepernick. So the entire left is Colin Kaepernick. They're just not honest enough to be Colin Kaepernick. Okay, in other news, and then we'll get to some things I like and things I hate. So in other news, big news over at Fox, Greta Van Susteren is out. Brit Hume has replaced her. And there's talk that there's going to be some major turnover at Fox, that basically with Roger Ailes being gone, that there's now a move to, to kind of cleanse Fox of the, of the Trumpkins, that, that all the people who are big fans of Trump are going to be out on their rears after this election cycle, and that a lot of them are going to find a new home at Trump TV if Trump goes on to lose. I think the second half of that is true. I think the second half of that is, is clearly true. If Trump loses, I think that he will be working with Steve Bannon and Roger Ailes on a, on a pay network in which there are hosts like Greta Van Susteren, like Sean Hannity, like Ann Coulter, you know, people who are big fans of Trump. They, they understand that there's a lot of money to be made. If you have 500,000 subscribers to one of these networks and it's $10 a month for these people, then you're making $5 million a month on this kind of thing. So there's a lot of money to be made in, a, in an internet network. That's not even counting advertising. There's a lot of money to be made here for an internet network uh, that's reliant on this sort of talent. But it is interesting that there's been this sort of shakeup at Fox News, and it does cast some light on what was going on at Fox News during the primaries. Apparently, the Murdochs were very upset that basically Roger Ailes turned Fox News into a Trump celebration machine all the way through the primaries. And it does demonstrate that no matter who you're getting your news from, me, anybody else, take it with a grain of salt. Make sure that you check it and make sure you understand the perspective of the person who's saying it. I'm obvious about what my perspective is. I've been honest all the way through. I said when I supported Ted Cruz, I said when I didn't support Trump. And that means you know where I'm coming from. The biggest problem that they had at Fox News while Ailes was there is people pretending that they were objective and who still pretend they were objective when they clearly were not. So there's a new day dawning at Fox, and it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. They paid out a $20 million sexual harassment settlement to Gretchen Carlson, by the way, which is, wow, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to pay out for a sexual harassment settlement. And that means she must have unbelievable amounts of dirt. And also there must be a lot of fire where that smoke came from. 
Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. And as I say, deconstructing the culture is usually Tuesdays. I forgot it was a Tuesday because it's the first day of the week. And so we'll do that tomorrow. Okay, things that I like. So I said before I'm right about everything, but I'm not. I was wrong about the Game of Thrones series. So I wasn't like dramatically wrong. I liked the first Game of Thrones season. I'd read all the books, so I felt I didn't need to watch the series after reading the books, especially because season one was filled with random boobs. And, you know, a certain amount of random boobs is fine. You hit random boob overload, and the series just becomes about the random boobs. And and in the first season of Game of Thrones, uh, there was a lot of kind of random useless nudity. So my sister convinced me that I should give Game of Thrones another shot. Jeremy, uh, the managing editor, he was also raving about Game of Thrones. Uh, as I was sitting there zombified from having stayed up for a billion consecutive hours with a small baby, and as I was sitting there with the baby nursing on the bottle that I'm holding uh, and him turned away from the TV because small babies can't have screen time, uh, I, I put on Game of Thrones and I watched a bunch of season two. It is pretty great. For people who are not aware of Game of Thrones, it's pretty spectacular, I will admit. Uh, it is well produced. It's really well written. Uh, it makes me sad because I know where it's going and I knew where it was going before. Like For, for people who've been watching... You know, there were two groups of people, the people who didn't read the books and the people who did when it came to the Red Wedding, right? Like, I knew it was coming, and so I just thought it was hilarious that all these people had invested emotionally their time and, and, and love into particular characters. But in any case, the show's really good. This is the trailer for season one. I won't, I won't give away any spoilers. Here, here's what season one trailer looks like. I, Eddard, the House Stark, Lord of Winterfell and Warden of the North, sentence you to die. I saw what I saw. I saw him White Walkers. You understand why I did it? He was a deserter. The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. Is it true he saw the White Walkers? The madman sees what he sees. Lord Eddard Stark, I would name you the Hand of the King. That's what you tell your family. Tell yourselves. That's what men always say when honor calls. You do have a choice, and you've made it. You might not have my name, you have my blood. Bastard boy with nothing to inherit. Off to serve in the ancient order of the Night's Watch. Next time I see you, you'll be all in black. It was always my color. You were never afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Chosen your opponents wisely. I have a knack for it. The Targaryen girl convinces her horse lord husband to invade. We won't be able to stop them. Get it over with. Cut her throat. We commit murder on the word of this man. I'm a purveyor of beauty and discretion. All so you can see, even in the first season, even the trailer, they've got the random boobies, but uh, which we blurred out for for the sake of the audience. But um, it is it is a really good series. It is not it is it's not rated R. I mean, this is this is not for people under the age of seventeen for sure. Um, but it's but it's really well produced and it's it's really it's really great. Uh, so okay, that's it. so Game of Thrones. Things that I things that I hate. Okay, so now that so as you know, I love myself. Yeah. As you know, <laughs> I love myself uh, a good Harambee joke. I think that these things are the funniest thing ever. I have a really dark sense of humor. I think they're hilarious. So now, <laughs> after this gorilla uh, was killed at, uh, at the Cincinnati Zoo and people started making Harambee jokes, now uh, apparently uh, there's a, the UMass Amherst, uh, there, there are two RAs at UMass Amherst 
who've decided that you cannot use Harambee jokes anymore. No more Harambee jokes. Uh, because uh, they are, quote, not only derogatory, but also microaggressions. Also microaggressions. Why are they microaggressions? Because, I, I don't know. I mean, so apparently there, there are a couple of memes that have become very popular. Harambee died for our sins. Harambee the gorilla mauled by Cecil the Lion in Animal Heaven. People including Harambee on the list of celebrity deaths of 2016, <laughs> like Prince and David Bowie, <laughs> which is spectacular. Um, but <laughs> people are getting mad because there's one particular one that is genitalia out for Harambee, right? Which doesn't even mean anything. It's just like a silly, ridiculous thing. And they're saying that this is some sort of terrible, terrible, horrible thing. And so it's, a, it's, it's some sort of microaggression. I love this. Any negative remarks regarding Harambee will be seen as a direct attack to our campus's African-American community. What? What? Like, it's an actual gorilla that got shot. I didn't think it black people. Like, what? 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 Say, please be careful what get, gets written on your whiteboards as well as what gets written on them. If you are not the one writing these remarks, please let an RA on duty know. What in the world? And then I love this. They said that, that genitalia out for Harambee, which is a paraphrase, could be a Title IX violation. I love this. Using phrases or hashtags which encourage the exposition of body parts <laughs> runs the risk of being reported as a Title IX incident. First of all, these people don't know English. It's exposure, not exposition of body parts. <laughs> exposition of body parts would mean me fully explaining the body part. Exposure of body parts, idiots, runs the risk of being reported as a Title IX incident. It's a sexual harassment violation to say genitalia out for Harambe. Okay, some of these people just, I'm sorry, they, need, they absolutely need a life. They need a life. Okay, other things that I hate. I, I, I can't get over these folks. Uh, other, other things that I hate. Um, there's, a, there's a hashtag that's been trending on Twitter uh, pretty much all day. Hashtag if men had periods. Number one, if men had periods, they wouldn't have so many run-on sentences. Um, but number two, uh, yeah, uh, there it is. Okay, so, but, but I guess the implication from feminists is if men had periods, the world would be different. They're just so, they're so sexist about women with periods. I don't understand what the point is. Like, women are super-duper rough and tough because women have periods. Okay, men go to war. Okay, like, for the entirety of human history, men have limbs blown off them. Okay, like, I understand. Like, I have a wife. I have sisters. Like, this, it doesn't look pleasant. But this idea that it's just evidence of a sexist society, talk to God if you don't like it, okay? I didn't make the period happen. God did. Nature did. Evolution did, okay? Like, lots of things made it happen, but I'm not one of them. So if men had periods, I've been seeing stuff like if men had periods, then tampons would be tax-free. Really? Are hair plugs tax-free? Like, really? Like, I'm missing that part. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that men have that women, are prostate exams (laughs) tax-free? Like, we have lots of stuff that's wrong with us too, ladies. We have to worry about prostate cancer. You don't. But this idea that women are victimized by their own periods, like... I understand it's unpleasant. Lots of unpleasant things happen in life, but blaming men for them, it's just, if, if men had periods, here's the bottom line. Hashtag, if men had periods, feminists would have to find another thing to complain about men for. That's all. Okay. Uh, These are extra long things I hate, because it was, it was a long weekend, man. So Lena Dunham uh, is, uh, is one of the world's worst human beings. And Lena Dunham, uh, over the weekend, she got herself into really hot water because she did this exchange with Amy Schumer. How the world did not implode from the stupidity is beyond me. So you've got, you got Amy Schumer, who's completely comedy cancer, with Lena Dunham, who is comedy Ebola. Kills you just the same, but quicker. And they, and they were talking about some party they went to. Here's what Lena Dunham said. Okay, you ready? And you have to imagine a woman who looks like a potato saying this. I attempted to grind my ass on Michael B. Jordan for an additional 20 minutes and then left right after you. 
I was sitting next to Odell Beckham Jr., and it was amazing because it was like he looked at me and he determined I was not the shape of a, of a woman by his standards. He was like, that's a marshmallow. That's a child. That's a dog. He wasn't mean. He just seemed confused. The vibe was very much like, do I want to F it? Is it wearing a, yep, it's wearing a tuxedo. I'm going to go back to my cell phone. It was like we were forced to be together, and he literally was scrolling this Instagram rather than have to look at a woman in a bow tie. I was like, this should be called the Metropolitan Museum of Getting Rejected by Athletes. Lena Dunham is the most obnoxious person. There are about eight things here that are obnoxious. Number one, why is it that she gets to treat black men like sexual objects, but if a black man looks at her in a non-sexual way, she's insulted? She just said that she grinded her butt on Michael B. Jordan for 20 minutes. Right, a very attractive black guy. And then she says about Odell Beckham Jr., another black guy. Well, Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, that's just, that's just terrible that he wouldn't look at me as a sex object. Do black men not have sexual agency in Lena Dunham's world? Only Lena Dunham has sexual agency? That's number one. Number two, no person alive is obligated to find another person sexually attractive. No person alive is obligated to find Lena Dunham sexually attractive. I know she wants to pass a federal law to make it an obligation for men to find her sexually attractive. Otherwise, I don't understand why she takes pictures of herself in her shows sitting on a toilet naked eating cake. I know that she's desperate for some sort of some sort of mass approval of her body type. But nobody has any sort of moral or physical requirement to be attracted to Lena Dunham. Third, if you make yourself deliberately, deliberately unattractive, like if a woman is wearing a male tuxedo to an event, don't be surprised if men look at you and they're like, oh, that's not that hot. Okay, if you wore a burlap sack, I assume that it would be the same thing. Lena Dunham, this usually isn't a problem because no matter what Lena Dunham is wearing, she's not attractive. Okay, so enough of Lena Dunham and her man-hating and her covert racism. Um, but she, she, she eventually walked a lot of this stuff back and said it was just me being insecure, which, by the way, is her go-to excuse. Yeah, me, you know, performing unpleasant acts on myself next to my sweaty, sweaty, muscly sister. This is in her, in her memoir. That is, that's because she was insecure. Everything can be chalked up to insecurity. It must be convenient to live in Lena Dunham's extremely wealthy, insecure world where all of the excuses for your bad behavior come down to, I just didn't feel good about myself. Maybe you shouldn't feel good about yourself because you're a bad person. Did that occur to you? And I, I love this idea that, you have a, that, that we're all supposed to feel bad for you because you don't feel good about yourself. Well... I don't have an obligation to boost your self-esteem if you're a garbage person like Lena Dunham. Okay, uh, final thing. Uh, so I, I've, made it, uh, I've made it a rule that I don't talk about Milo Yiannopoulos' nonsense, but I thought that this was interesting and worthy of, 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 um, of covering. Uh, he did an interview with ABC's Terry Moran, and, uh, and Terry Moran was asking him about his trollery, the fact that Milo's constantly trolling people. And what you're about to watch is two morons going right at each other. Uh, and it's really like two monkeys trying to have sex with a basketball, mostly. But here is, here, is the, here is the exchange. Are you a troll? Of course. What is trolling? How do you look at it? So I like to think of myself as a virtuous troll. You know, I'm doing God's work. Milo Yiannopoulos, also known as Nero Online, joined in the tormenting of Jones, calling her a man on Twitter to his 350,000-plus followers. In the Twitter storm uh, sure, that happened, you called to... her a dude. Yeah. If Leslie Jones were right here, well, would I've you say, you look like a dude? Yeah, probably. You would say that Yeah, term. probably. I probably would. Then, then, you don't then, have then you're to, an idiot, you don't, really. You, I don't say anything I don't believe, but of course I do say things in a way that is going to elicit a response from people. Jones detailed the abusive words and images she was receiving and the racist and misogynistic slurs against her that even compared her to an ape. Leslie oh Jones my is God. the equal this of idea. you or me no, as no, no, a no. human being course, with feelings. Uh, of course and she is. But this idea, so, this idea that celebrities are these fragile wallflowers, give me a break. You and I both know people in Hollywood. Because she acted in a movie, Hollywood you rallied people. are sitting at home crying into their iPhones. Why didn't you stand up as people called her ape, 
gorilla and worse and say, guys, this is good to why do, but to not racism. Other people, not ra why should I have to police other people's speech? I'm going to stand up for rights. I'm, for, stand up for the rights? I'm responsible for what I say. I'm perfectly happy to tell you well, I think that stuff is disgusting. So you have no obligation happy to tell for your 350,000 followers. Does Justin Bieber have an obligation to his fans? No, 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 no. I'm sorry for being popular, but I am not responsible for what 350,000 people on the internet say. I am responsible for what I say. Right. Do you go after Selena Gomez when her fans send death threats to Justin Bieber? No. Do you go after Beyonce when her fans go after uh, Taylor Swift? No. Go after oh. somebody's body? Yeah. To denigrate their ideas? That, what absolutely. grade are you in? Abs Seriously. No, 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 no. Are you a 13 year old? No, 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 no. Absolutely, I will. And I'll tell you why. Because, because, because somebody body, doesn't body have a weight that you it's think is, it is proper? So that's revolting. No, it's not revolting. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I'll tell you what's revolting. What's revolting is the body positivity movement. What's revolting is this, is this idea now that you can tell women that they'll be healthy at any size. Why? Because it tells women that you can be fat and you can be unattractive and you'll be happy anyway. That's a lie. With my name. So, so the reason that I say this is two idiots going at each other is because it's legitimately two morons going at each other. So on the one side, on the left, you have Terry Moran, who is a Terry Moran, right? You have Terry Moran saying that it's just terrible. No one should ever insult Leslie Jones. It's just the end of the world if Leslie Jones feels insulted. And Milo's right. She's not, she, she's a celebrity, okay? Get used to people insulting you. It happens all the time. That's true. And him acting like all this stuff is the end of the world is ridiculous and over the top. On the other hand, you have Milo, who's sitting there saying, well, I'm not responsible for what my followers do. I'm only responsible for what I do. Right, but you are the one who's actively promoting this stuff to your followers. Like, he was retweeting fake tweets from Leslie Jones that suggested she said things that she didn't say. Milo himself has tweeted me personally pictures of a black baby on the day that my kid was born, right? And he's, and he's acting, oh, I'll condemn all this stuff. I'll yeah, right. Sure, Milo. Yeah. That, that, that's why you've been condemning it nonstop ever since, by which I mean you haven't condemned one word of it, basically. Or if you did, it was in print. It certainly wasn't at the time, and it was in retrospect. So Milo likes to play this, this kind of dual game where he says that he's being risque by going after Leslie Jones and, and calling her a dude online, but he's not responsible for any of his followers taking his lead and then running it off the rails without condemning them. And he won't, and he won't even condemn them online. He'll just do it now to Terry Moran without actually doing it online. He gives a bad name to the politically incorrect movement. He does. I mean, this kind of stuff, like... What he says about at the very end here about body shaming, about, about fat shaming, and about the, the body positivity movement, there's a perfectly decent case that he actually makes at the very end there that the, the notion that all shapes and body sizes are equally healthy is nonsense. You don't fix that by saying that Leslie Jones is a dude. Right? It doesn't fix anything. Right? It's not a solution. You're not speaking truths. You're just being a jerk. Right? And the idea is, for Milo, the idea is we have to erase all lines so that we can talk about anything. And for Terry Moran, the idea is we have to create tons of lines so you can talk about nothing. Okay, there is a happy medium, and that is, how about you just don't be a jerk and you say things that are true? How about that? But again, more people watch this, and what they get from it is that people who are, people who are in favor of healthy standards of living are all like Milo. And, the, and that's, that's what the left gets from this. And the people on the right get from this that the entire left is people like Terry Moran who just want to waste time on ABC's Nightline talking about the tweets that Milo sends to people. I'm one of the people who Milo targeted the most, and I didn't want him banned from Twitter. I think it was stupid. I think it was stupid. I will say that since he's been banned from Twitter, I mean, to go to his point, he's not responsible for his followers. I will say this. In effect, the level of anti-Semitism and racism in my timeline, the people who have been notifying me, you know, going after me, has dropped by at least 80% since he's been gone from Twitter. So, you know, that is what it is. But it's just the, the level of discourse in our politics has now come down to Milo saying you can say whatever you want, and I'm just being trolly. 
on the one hand, which does a great disservice to people who actually want to speak the truth as opposed to just being a jerk. And on the other hand, you have Terry Moran saying anything that's politically incorrect is you being a jerk. As opposed to political correctness is stupid, and if we speak the truth, then we'll actually be able to fight political incorrectness. But we won't be able to do that if we caricature ourselves as a bunch of morons who spend their days online throwing stupid slurs at Leslie Jones. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of today's program. Tomorrow, we will do Deconstructing the Culture. We have Bible talk a little bit. And, uh, and we'll see if this the CNN poll is real, this big new CNN poll for, for Donald Trump. We'll talk about all of it. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 